SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Your search is over. You found it. What you've been looking for. The definitive culmination of the state of the art of of sports sports talk. talk. This is the winning edge. You're listening to the Sports Grid Radio Network. Listening to Scott Wetzel will give you a bad taste in your mouth. You call these bagels? It's Bagels and Bad Beats with Scott Wetzel. Hour number two of our two-hour extravaganza. Yours truly sitting in for the next hour. Taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Our toll-free telephone number, 844-843-6879. You want to follow me on Twitter, send a tweet. It is at Opposite Picks. You can email me. Go to the website, OppositePicks.com. Hit the contact Scott icon and uh, fire away. We got a little YouTube chat as well going on as we're uh, talking a little gambling here. As I brought up a, a three-team parlay. Now, it's a futures, but I do think it is a uh, – yeah, listen, nothing's a lock, but uh, you know, no one's beating Gonzaga, no one's beating the Chefs, and no one's beating the Lakers. Kansas City, Fandable anyway, is plus 190. Zags are plus 350. Lakers are plus three, uh, 240. You put them in a three-team parlay, that's going to pay 43-1 to one on Fandable. That, that's not bad. Now, I don't know if Fandable takes that. A couple of guys on the, uh, on the YouTube feed say that uh, most sites don't take future parlays, which I, I understand, you know, uh, but... You know, I, I don't know about FanDuel. I don't know if you can or not. I do know FanDuel allows prop parlays. So I don't know why they would allow a prop parlay, which is out of the ordinary. Most, you know, old local Louis Lips don't allow that, but what FanDuel does. So I don't know why they would allow a prop parlay, but not a futures parlay, right? What's the difference? Yeah, a bet is a bet, you know? And Kansas City's still plus 190, which I still think is very good. If you can get Kansas City at two to one, you know, that that's darn good. Who's beating the chefs? You know, at least in the AFC, you know, may, maybe there's a team in the NFC, maybe in the Super Bowl they'll lose. But at, at worst, right, Kansas City, Tampa Bay, Kansas City, New Orleans, Kansas City, Green Bay, uh, you know, probably Green Bay would be the lowest odds, but that's going to be right around pick them. So you get Kansas City in the Super Bowl holding on to a plus 190 ticket. You could easily hedge easily. And again, who's beating them? Knowing they only have to win two games in the AFC, who's beating them? Tennessee? Not happening. Pittsburgh? Not happening. Um, you know, maybe you, you, you want to buy into Buffalo, you know, Bills Nation? Nah, I, I don't think they're at that level. I, I, I really don't, especially in Kansas City. So I, I think it's going to be a cakewalk for the chefs to get to the Super Bowl. So you give me plus 190 Kansas City in the Super Bowl, I will gladly take that. Lakers plus 240, same thing. Now, there's probably more obstacles for the Lakers to get to the NBA finals than Kansas city getting to the super bowl. But ultimately we, we you know, we saw it like maybe the one team would be the clips that that would be the one that on paper, maybe just maybe right. Uh, you got Ty Lue there knows LeBron. Uh, you got Harold though over with the Lakers. They know the Clippers. I, you know, that would be the one, but other than that, there, there's nobody in the East. So Lakers to me plus two forty, pretty solid. And then you got the Zags. Uh, they would probably be the, be the least confident, hence they're plus three fifty. But watching college basketball so far, not that I've watched a lot, I'll admit. Uh, but watching some, 
Well, there's not a team close to Gonzaga. They are just a beat. Up and down the court they go. 90 points is like nothing to them in a college basketball game. Uh, we mentioned it first hour. If they can't win this year, they're just never going to win. So Kansas City would be first up, then college basketball crowns its champ, and then the Lakers would be crowning their champ. But those are three, in my eyes, prohibitive favorites. And you put them in a three-team parlay. If you just use their odds, 190, 240, 350, as we welcome in our full audience here, uh, Bagels and Bad Beats on this uh, Wednesday morning with yours truly, Scott Wetzel, breaking down uh, a three-team parlay that we need FanDuel to take. Chiefs at plus 190, Zags plus 350, and Lakers plus 240, all three to win their respective championships. That pays, surprisingly enough, 43 to 1. That's pretty good. You know, when you start thinking about that, that's, that's, that's pretty good. You know, the, the parlay calculator, you, you get some decent odds when you get underdogs. You, know, you don't have a monster 10 to 1 underdog there or even an 8 to 1 or a 7 to 1 or, you know, even 5 to 1. I mean, plus 350, that, that's 43 to 1, but that's what it comes out to. Uh, so, you know what? And then, and, and, you, know, you know, maybe you can have them throw you a bone and put it up to 50 to 1. You know, who knows? But at least from what the odds say, 43 to 1. You tell me who's beating Kansas City? Nobody. You tell me who's beating the Lakers? Nobody. The Zags would be the one. But, again, this year, they're a force. Uh, they got to get to the Final Four. I think they would have won it last year if, if the season wasn't canceled. So, I if you can get FanDuel or your local Louis de Lip to put that in, uh, you ask if you go to your local Louis de Lip, you ask for 50 to 1 odds. You, you tell them, listen, it comes out to 43, but throw me a bone here. I got three different champions in three different leagues. How many guys can do that? So I, I think that's a nice winner. I think that's an easy winner, to tell you the truth. NBA last night, speaking of easy winners, Milwaukee beat Miami 144-97. They set an NBA record with 29 three-pointers, 29. Uh, thinking about it, pointed out first hour. You know, Miami knocked off Milwaukee in the playoffs last year. The Bucs circled this game the moment it was put on their schedule. Uh, we missed it yesterday. We should have been all over it. I'm going to try and spend, you know, once this football season, the NFL regular season is over, I'm going to spend more time with the NBA and college basketball before the shows and try and get a look and see who's playing where and just get the, the mental. I, I don't break down the X's and O's. I don't make picks based on X's and O's and this team's offense is 23rd and this team's defense is 30 sag. I, I don't do that. I, I look for mental aspects of the game. And you had two of them last night in the NBA, Milwaukee, facing a team that eliminated them, upset them in the playoffs last year, and lo and behold, they win by 47 points, setting an NBA record for three-pointers. And then you had the Clippers' first game after getting trashed by Dallas, and they scored 27 first half points, and they beat the Snot out of Minnesota, 124-101. Two easy winners in the NBA for sure. All right, Bengals and Bad Beats, a lot to get to hour number two. It's got to SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We ask, this is the SportsGrid Radio Network. Not to sound cliche and like a, a broken record, but it's it's number 12. Uh, we got one game left, and, you know, it all that... It's cool, the, the records, this and that. Um, but, you know, the plan to get to 13-3, and three, 
and give ourselves a chance in the playoffs. Um, it doesn't mean much if we if we can't get it done, and uh, we've got our mindset on bigger things. And um, first things first is uh, Week 17 against the Dolphins in Buffalo. Josh Allen, Buffalo Bills quarterback, talking about their game against the Dolphins. It will be interesting to see what Buffalo does now that Pittsburgh, Scott Webster sitting in on a Bengals of bad Wednesday morning, 13 minutes past the hour, taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. We'll update the poll question here in a second, but it will be interesting to see what Buffalo does now that Pittsburgh has basically waved the white flag. Um, but they haven't waved it completely. So, you know, you get the Tomlin as we spoke. It says that they're still going to try and win. So, you know, it's almost like, are they tricking the Bills, you know, into thinking, okay, you know, Buffalo can rest their starters against Miami because we're not going to try and win against Cleveland? I, I, I don't know. But I, I will say that they're, the MVP race has heated up here a little bit, and, and Josh Allen is still 12-1 to on FanDuel. Looking at some of the numbers as we try and give you a couple of more winners here. Uh, right now, Aaron Rodgers is the prohibitive favorite at minus 370. Mahomes is plus 310. Josh Allen plus 12-1. to Derrick Henry 75 to one and so on down the board they go. Um, I, I don't, you know, listen, it's a subjective award. Uh, it's voted on by the NFL writers. So you need to have a storyline and the storyline has got to build up steam. And for whatever reason, I'm not sure why, but uh, the steam is one Aaron Rodgers right now. If you look at the numbers and you look at logic, God forbid, you know, a little uh, saying we have here on Bagels and Bad Beats, don't let facts get in the way of a good little ramp. Um, yes, Rodgers does lead the NFL in touchdown passes at 44. Okay. But uh, he does not lead in in uh, yards passing, though. That That's for sure. Uh, does not have the team with the best record in the NFL. That's for sure. So why are we all in love with Aaron Rodgers this year? You know, I don't know. Uh, listen. He came into the year, uh, you know, with all the controversy with the Packers using a first-round pick on a quarterback from Utah State. It's like, why'd they do that? And all the controversy, they're trying to run Rodgers out of town. Clearly had a chip on his shoulder. Clearly he has performed great. I'm not taking anything away from him. But you know, when you look at quarterbacks, yards thrown, why is there no love for Pat Mahomes? I, I, I don't. Are, are we already throwing Mahomes to the side? Are we already tired of Patrick Mahomes? Do I dare say that? I mean, he's the quarterback of a team that is 14 and one, and that may end up being 15 and one if they, you know, play their guys uh, on, on Sunday against the Chargers, right? I mean, he's on the best team. He's thrown for an NFL high 4,740 yards. He's thrown for 38 touchdowns and only six interceptions. Now, again, Rodgers a little better, 44-5, and five, but Rodgers is only thrown for 4,059 yards. I mean, Mahomes is thrown for 700 more yards than, than Rodgers. And he's on the best football team, and he's the star of the league. And yet, somehow or another, he's almost like an afterthought this year. Again, are we, are we already kicking Pat Mahomes to the side already? That's why it's tough to bet on these things, you know? I'll bet on, uh, you know, who's going to win a game, who's going to win a division, who's going to win a championship. Those are, are constants. Those are you have to perform, and the winner is the winner. There's no two ways about it. But when you bet on awards and you're trying to bet on writers' minds and who they want to vote in, it's not about who's had the best year. Aaron Rodgers has not had the best year. He just hasn't. 
he he's not elevated his team to the best record in the NFL, best record in the NFC. Again, nothing wrong with that. Uh, but Kansas City, last time I checked, has a better record than the Green Bay Packers. All right, they, they do. So if if you're going to go by records and stats and everything, it, it's Patrick Mahomes. If you want to go by storyline, then how about Josh Allen? Which is why we we went with the clip. I mean, listen, he's got 4,300 yards, which the last time I checked is more than the 4,000 that Aaron Rodgers is thrown with. Uh, he has 34 touchdowns and nine interceptions. He's also run for some touchdowns as well. So you add on a few more there. So it, it's comparable to the 44 for Rodgers. Not as many. I get that. But, you know, um, he's got a better storyline in Buffalo, which, you know, uh, took over the AFC East this year, changing the guard and all that other nonsense. Uh, you know, great story with, with Stephon Diggs. It's worked out well. Uh, I, you know, and he's getting a little bit of love here of late. But we seem to be jumping on this Aaron Rodgers bandwagon here, and I, I just don't understand why, uh, as far as being so one-sided to the fact that he's at minus 370 with FanDuel. Is he that much a prohibitive favorite, really? Minus f- almost 4-1? to one? You know, someone must know something uh, as far as what these voters are going to be voting on, I, I guess, and it's not that difficult. You know who covers the team. You know who has these votes. You call them up and you say who you're voting for, and they're going to say, "Well, I th- at this point, I think I'm going to vote for Aaron Rodgers." Okay, that's probably what they've done. But when you want to go on, you know, paper and who deserves it and this and that, you can make the case for Mahomes. You can make the case for Josh Allen. Uh, you know, you, hell, you can make the case for Ryan Tannehill with Tennessee, right? I mean, that team was a no nothing team with Marcus Mariota. Uh, you want to talk about a team turning things around last year and now this year? You know, there's Ryan Tannehill at 100 to 1. So it, it's, but you, you don't go by that. You go by storylines. And and for whatever reason, like I said, Aaron Rodgers has picked up the momentum and he has taken off with it. And uh, unless something crazy happens, there's a reason why he's minus 370 on FanDuel. I would never lay that, but you know what? As much as the other numbers are enticing with some of these guys, there's a reason. Uh, there's a reason why. They've done a little research here for sure. All right, our poll question. Three of the four following four AFC teams will make the playoffs. Which one will not? Baltimore, Miami, Cleveland, Indianapolis. Pretty good race so far. The Colts at the 35.7 to 1 and the Browns at at 35.7 to 1. Wow, we got a lot of voters and you're getting an exact number tied. Leading the way, uh, you got Miami at 23% and Baltimore basically at 5%. So Browns and Colts. So people still buying into the Browns losing. Well, I tell you what, if they lost to Pittsburgh with uh, Mason Rudolph at quarterback, think about that, uh, Cleveland fans. Uh, you know, you don't need to get piled on anymore. I understand that. But you would have closed out the regular season with losses to the one-win Jets and Mason Rudolph and the Steelers who are waving the white flag. Boy, if you don't beat the Pittsburgh Steelers at home, no less, if you don't beat Pittsburgh this week, you talk about a season that just was lost. Everything. And, and they have gained some. You know, they gained some respect around the league. They they overcame the uh, loss of Odell Beckham Jr. Some say they played better since he got hurt. I you don't know, necessarily buy that, but you know, they've overcome some obstacles. If they can't get into the postseason this year, and they got to go into the offseason knowing that they lost to the one-win one Jets and a, a backup quarterback for Pittsburgh, wow. That would be a long, long offseason. Uh, they've had some long offseasons. No two ways about that. But 
that would be especially tough. Uh, that that would. Baltimore has got the least love, five uh, percent. Yeah, listen, if they can't beat the Bungles, who they generally beat the crap out of every single year, uh, then you know what? I'd be surprised. You're right about that. So I, I think Baltimore is going to get in. Ultimately, I hate to say it, but I, I, I think that the, I think our beloved Dolphins are up against it. It's a rivalry game. It's in Buffalo. I don't think the Bills are going to lay down, despite what Pittsburgh has announced. I, I think Buffalo is still going to go into that football game, knowing they had the you know, second-best record in the AFC. I think that's an accomplishment, whether Pittsburgh was starting Roethlisberger or not. I, I still think they view that as an accomplishment. I, I, I think I got a just strange, funny feeling that Miami's going to lose. You know, it, it's all going to determine on how long they stick with Tua. Uh, you know, it, it, are they going to give Tua a half to, to screw up? Are they going to give him three quarters to screw up? He's not an NFL quarterback. I've been telling you that from day one, and I'm a Dolphin fan. He right now is not an NFL quarterback. He really has no business starting this game. He really doesn't. It should be Ryan Fitzpatrick. You can't piss away a half to the Buffalo Bills. You can't. It'll be interesting to see how they play out the quarterback situation. But I think Miami is 98. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. On a Wednesday morning, 25 past the hour, yours truly taking you right up until 7 a.m. Eastern time. Trying to figure out who's in, who's out in the AFC. You know, a couple of people on Twitter asked, the Clearwater Kid asked about the Colts. Uh, who would be the odd team out of all four teams? One, the Colts would be the one. Uh, Baltimore controls its own destiny. Browns and Ravens, uh, excuse me, and Dolphins. So those are the three that do. The Colts are the only one that need one of the others to lose. If all four win, the Colts would be out. And it would be a rarity. It really would. Since uh, 1978, when they went to a 16-game schedule, 100 teams have had 11 wins, 11 and 5, exactly. Uh, all but two made the postseason. Uh, 2008 Patriots, uh, that was the year Brady got hurt. They didn't make it. And then the uh, 85 uh, Denver Broncos. Uh, didn't make it either at 11 and five. All the others did. So chances are that if the Colts win and they should right against the Jags, they're going to get in. Um, although you look and see, you know, are the Ravens going to lose to the Bungles at home? No, that, that, that's not. I think that game's in Cincinnati, but no, they're they're not losing, right? Uh, you know, the Browns could still lose to Pittsburgh. I could definitely see that. I I I, I can. Um, and then the Dolphins could certainly lose to the Buffalo Bills. So I, I really do think if the Colts win, somehow or another they're in. And, and I think that I'm going to go on a limb and say I'm going to put the, the black cloud uh, on the Colts and say they're going to get in and uh, the Dolphins will not get in. I think the Dolphins end up losing up in Buffalo. And, you know, it's it's interesting. Win or lose, the Dolphins are going to win because they're going to have the third overall pick, barring a miracle. I don't think Tennessee is going to lose to the Houston Texans. So the Texans are going to finish in the number three hole. So that's Dolphins this year are going to have three of the top 35 picks in the draft. The, the third overall 
and they don't forget their own, and then they have the Texans' second-round pick, which is the third into the second round. So 32 plus three, 35. So three of the top 35 picks Miami's going to have. That That's, you know, they, they won the war. That's the war. Battle is getting into the playoffs. The war, though, is ultimately the goal of winning the Super Bowl, and that's going to help Miami. You talk about getting some weapons. They can get some big-time weapons. You know, they're going to draft third and right around, uh, you know, 17, 18, 19 or so if they don't make the playoffs. That's not too bad. Uh, I don't know if Pitts will still be there. I'd love to be able to get him, but they're going to have the pick of the litter in that the two quarterbacks figure to go number one and two, although I don't like Fields at all. But uh, let's say the two quarterbacks go one and two. The Dolphins can have the pick of all the other players, whether it's Devontae Smith, whether it's uh, Pitts, whether it's... Well, maybe they want to move on and and, and, and uh, you know move on from Tua. I kind of doubt that. But here's the dilemma. It's someone that brought it up in a podcast yesterday, and it, it makes sense. In that, what if the Dolphins win and Tua plays lousy again? Does he get to start in the postseason? You know, is is this a situation where the Dolphins just say to themselves, you know what, come hook or crook, Tua is going to be our guy, and we're going to learn. We're going to try and win. We're going to yank him in the second half, third quarter, fourth quarter, whatever the case may be. But ultimately, he's still going to get every opportunity to succeed. Or do they say, you know what, we tried, we failed this year. We're not going to throw him out of the, you know, out of the picture. We're not going to do a, a Washington Dwayne Haskins situation. But we get to the playoffs against Tennessee more than likely. We can't afford to fall behind by three scores. We, we can't afford to give him a half. So we've had uh, Fitzpatrick come off the bench the last two weeks, theoretically. Ryan Fitzpatrick will start our playoff game. I wonder what the Dolphins would do. I, I wonder how far a leash do the Dolphins give to him? You know, how bad can he play? He's been awful. I, I've been telling you that from week number one that he's been in there. He's not an NFL quarterback. He can't throw for 100 yards. He can't throw the football 10 yards down the field, for goodness sakes. Whether it's because his arm strength or whether it's because he lacks confidence because he doesn't understand that wide receivers are open when they got to step on a guy, not three steps in the NFL. I don't know what it is, but he's been brutal the last few weeks. And they've been bailed out a couple of times now by Fitzpatrick. And I just wonder if they get in, despite Tua playing poorly again, do they go to Fitzpatrick for the playoff game? Don't know. But I think the Colts end up getting in and the Dolphins don't. NFC least, I've been saying this for a while. Uh, you know, those that listen to Bagels and Bad Beats, you should be holding on to a Dallas Cowgirls 20-plus to 1 ticket to make the postseason. I've been telling you that for a month now, that Dallas has had the easiest schedule out of the four teams, and well, three other teams in the NFC East, and uh, without any team really looking to, you know, pull away, which none did, Dallas had a good opportunity to kind of sneak in, and everything has played out perfectly. And they do. And they went from, think about this. Last week, they were a three-point home underdog to last place Philadelphia. This week, they're a three-point road favorite out of a, to, at the New York Giants who have one more win than they do. You talk about a change in thinking with this Cowboy team. From being a dog at home to a team with the worst record, or similar record anyway, four wins, to now a road favorite against a team that's you know playing obviously for its playoff lives remarkable how the thinking has changed with this cowboy team they won three in a row i think i hate to say it, giant fans i think dallas wins and i think washington loses to philadelphia sunday night now, you know if it, if it was carson wentz i wouldn't think that way but that washington quarterback situation is a mess i don't know if releasing dwayne Haskins is going to help 
I can't help but think there's going to be a number of guys that are going to be pissed off in that locker room. He had to have had some friends. Doesn't sound like he was a jerk. It just sounds like he was a dope. Um, you know, so that goes back to cutting him, you know, with one week left in the season versus just benching him. It, it just doesn't make any sense to me. It, it really doesn't. So they got a quarterback in Alex Smith that you don't know if can play. Uh, they got rid of Dwayne Haskins. So, you know, who knows, you know, what they're going to get uh, out of their quarterback position. And even if Smith does play, you know, you got to worry about him being hurt. You know, you got to go with Heineke. I mean, are you kidding me? So I think Philadelphia is going to win the game. I, I, I think the winner of Dallas uh, Giants is going to be your NFC East champ. And again, uh, I, I think it's going to be Dallas. So I think Dallas gets in. That's the only spot in the NFC uh, that controls all that destiny, you know, that easily. Um, and I think the, the the Bears end up getting in in the uh, NFC. And I think the Rams, despite no Cooper Cup, um, you know, if, if Arizona, I still think the Rams find a way to win. I, I, I do. Listen, um, you know what? Jared Goff has been awful. He, he, you know, outside of a few games, he really has not played well. So I don't know anything about this backup quarterback, to be honest with you, but how bad can he be? You know, John Wolford out of Wake Forest. Uh, you know, we'll find out. You want to think that Sean McVay is boy genius? All right. We'll find out if he's boy genius or not this week. If they lay an egg like the Denver Broncos did, uh, when they had their you know third string, fourth string quarterback with the COVID situation play, and he completed one pass. If they lay an egg like that, then uh, Sean McVay, forget about ever being called a boy genius ever again. Because I told you in that Broncos situation, that was the dumbest offensive game plan I've ever seen. You know they were throwing the football 15, 20 yards down the field with a quarterback who hasn't played quarterback in three years. For goodness sakes, not even his last year in college. No swing passes, no passes to the running back, no screens. It was one of the Dumbest offensive game plans I've ever seen. I'm guessing McVay is a little smarter than that. But if, if they lay an offensive egg, and I'm not expecting 20, 24, 30 points. I'm not. But that defense has got to rise up. It's good enough. Uh, they could stop Arizona. If, if Kyler Murray doesn't play, I got a feeling he will. Um, but I, I'm still expecting the Rams to win the football game. Uh, no Cooper Cup. He, he, well, at least he might not play anyway. Uh, because of uh, he's now a high-risk contact, you know, whatever the fudge that means again in the NFL. So he's got to be tested several days. Should be, if he's clean, be ready to play for Sunday's finale, but uh, who knows if he actually comes clean or not. So, But I think the Rams get in, I think the Bears get in, and I think the Cowboys get in, and I think uh, the Dolphins are out in the AFC. I, I really think that's how it's going to lay out. You know, Browns have it easy. Baltimore has it easy. Indy has it real easy. It's it's really only Miami at Buffalo. That's the one. And out of the two teams, you know what? If I'm Dallas, Washington, Eagles, Giants, uh, if I could pick my opponent this week, it would be the Giants. Uh, even even more so than Washington. I think Dallas has the easiest matchup. I wouldn't want to face Philadelphia with, with Jalen Hurts. I know they got whipped the last week at Dallas, but, you know, he's actually played fairly well. So I wouldn't want to face Philadelphia. Uh, I, I wouldn't want to face the Washington defense. It would be the Giants. Giants defense isn't great. Their offense with Daniel Jones is just putrid. Uh, I mean, I, that's, you know, out of all the teams that maybe need quarterbacks and stuff, um, that doesn't necessarily on paper, that's the one that, you know, you wonder if the Giants are going to cut the cord with Jones. Um, I, I kind of doubt it, but 
if the GM gets fired, Gettleman, like they're saying he will after three years if they don't make the playoffs, that was his guy. He's not played well. They're in a position to get a high draft choice, probably one of the quarterbacks that'll be available. Uh, we'll, we'll be there when the Giants drafts. Um, it, that will be real interesting to see what they do. NFL announced yesterday that uh, they will not be canceling any playoff games. If a team gets struck with the COVID, then too bad. You know, we had Denver play with a fourth-string quarterback. Uh, we had the Ravens have to deal with all the stuff they've dealt with, Pittsburgh as well. But they, they made the announcement yesterday that uh, come hook or crook, these games will not be postponed. Now, I don't know if that means a team will forfeit. You know, I, if a team literally came down with 30 guys, you know, if you pushed it off until a Monday, maybe you could push it off until a Tuesday, but they don't want to do that because of the game the following week. I, you know, it sounds like what they're saying is, is uh, you know what? You got to forfeit the game, then you forfeit the game. Uh, you know, it's your own fault, I guess, with the COVID situation. That's basically what the NFL said yesterday. That'll be interesting. That will be a headache that they clearly would not want to deal with. All right, college basketball, some baseball talk coming up. Right here, Bagels and Bad Beats on a Wednesday morning. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. The Sports Grid Radio Network. Bengals and Bad Beats. 40 minutes past the hour on this uh, Wednesday morning. Updating the poll question, which was, which team in the AFC will not uh, be making the playoffs. Indianapolis, our beloved Dolphins, Baltimore, or Cleveland. So far, uh, got a tight little race between the Colts and Browns. Uh, Colts leading the way now with uh, 36% of the votes. Uh, Browns getting 35, Dolphins 23, and Baltimore 6. So check out your opposite picks feed. Get your vote in there, and we'll update that one more time before we are through. Boy, you got to give the boy a hand here. I I, I tell you what, uh, you just got to love college sports, don't you? I mean, it is amazing how they will do absolutely anything to make sure uh, right gets righted. Uh, you got to applaud the Arizona men's basketball team and Arizona sports program, don't you? Boy, they really did something uh, really uh, that, that I'm sure hurt them so so bad they self-imposed a penalty remember the federal investigation remember the fbi federal investigation that went down started in 2017 into corruption in college basketball you know going after several schools including arizona uh, remember the recruiting scandals that the hit arizona Remember, they were hit with not one NCAA violation, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, not eight, but nine NCAA violations, including five level one allegations, which are the most severe. 
Uh, remember, Arizona was uh, reportedly charged with lack of institutional control, failure to, to monitor uh, the situation. Head coach Sean Miller charged with lack of head coach control. Remember that little situation they had? Remember the former assistant coach at Arizona, Manuel Book Richardson, pleading guilty to a felony, felony, F-E-L-L-O-O-O-N-I-E, felony, count a conspiracy to commit bribery while being accused of accepting $20,000 to steer Arizona players to sports agents. Remember that little situation? Remember the FBI? Remember uh, during the trial, prosecutors played a call in which that person, Richardson, told Dawkins that the head coach, Sean Miller, was paying $10,000 a month to former player DeAndre Ayton. Remember, remember that little situation? Although Miller has denied it. Nine allegations. Nine violations. Five level one ones. So Arizona, trying to do the right thing, decided to punish itself. Said, yeah, you know, when you get the FBI involved, it probably is not a good thing. You know, when you have nine violations, including five level one allegations, eh, probably not a good thing. You know, when you're paying $20,000 for players to go to certain agents, eh, probably not a good thing. You know, when your head coach is accused of paying $10,000 a month to a former player, eh, probably not a good thing. You know, the NCAA is going to probably come down on us, so. We might as well start the process right now, right? So what do you think good old Arizona did to themselves yesterday? Nine allegations, nine violations, rather. Five on the, the level one, which is the worst. Paying players to go to agents. Reportedly paying players to attend school, DeAndre Ayton. Lack of institutional control from the head coaches down to the assistant coaches. What do you think good old Arizona did to themselves? They gave themselves a ban of postseason play. They didn't ban recruits from coming to school. They didn't ban the number of scholarships that they could hand out. They didn't lower the number of scholarships. They didn't lower the amount of time that you can go out and recruit players. They didn't shut the program down. They didn't cancel, you know, non-conference games. They just said, we can't go to the postseason. All right. Good luck recruiting a kid who's going to go to a school that can't go to the postseason, Scott. Well, what would they do that for? Four years? Five years? Six years, maybe? <laughs> maybe, they, maybe they fired the head coach since he's the one that's being accused of all these things. What, would they, they fire the head coach? Is Sean Miller out? Is he looking for a job? Is he going to go to Topeka High? No. They didn't fire the head coach. No, they didn't give themselves a six or five or even four-year postseason ban. Uh, they didn't you know, take back scholarships from Sean Miller. They didn't take back recruiting visits for Sean Miller. No, nine NCAA violations, five level one allegations, paying players, reportedly paying players to be on the team, lack of institutional control, the whole kit and caboodle. And Arizona did the straight, the, the, the straight and right thing of putting the team on a one-year postseason ban. <laughs> one lousy, stinking year. No doubt this year, 
in a year in which, you know, half these teams probably don't want to go to an NCAA tournament anyway because of the COVID situation. That's it. That's what they said. And then they had the audacity afterwards to say, you know, kind of like Mike Tomlin here with Pittsburgh, uh, this decision reinforces the institution's commitment to accountability and integrity, as well as serving the best long-term interest of the university and the men's basketball program. What a joke. It reinforces the institution's commitment to accountability and integrity. Are you freaking kidding me? You were whacked with nine NCAA violations. You're paying kids to go to certain agents. You're reportedly paying kids to go to your school. You're getting whacked by the NCAA. You have a former assistant coach that pled guilty to a felony, for goodness sakes. And then you're going to put yourself on a one-year lousy stinking postseason ban? That is is reinforcing the institution's commitment to accountability. That's, uh, you know, showing integrity. What, are you kidding me? How, how do you do this with a straight face? How do, how, how do you do this with a straight face, Arizona? A stinking, lousy, one-year postseason ban. No lack of scholarships, no lack of recruit visits, no, no anything, no punishment for Sean Miller. One-year postseason ban. Wow. What a joke. What a joke. And they further go on to say the decision to self-impose a postseason ban was extremely difficult as we recognize the impact that it has on our current student-athletes. What a farce. One lousy, stinking postseason ban. That's it. Don't shut down the program. Don't fire the head coach. Don't limit scholarships. Don't limit recruitment visits. One-year postseason ban. And you know, the sad thing about it is the NCAA will say, okay, good job, Arizona. Let's move on. You had the FBI do a college basketball investigation which centered around the Arizona basketball program, and you're doing a one-year postseason ban. And they want to pat themselves on the back like they did something miraculous, amazing. They had former assistants get uh, suspended. They had former assistants plead guilty to felony charges. They had the head coach, you know, at, at best, you know, just looked the other way while these things were going on, whether he paid the $10,000 or not, who knows. But, you know, at, at best slash worst, he looked the other way while these things were going on. Never got fired, nothing. It, it just... Remarkable, just absolutely remarkable. And, and again, then they want to come out and talk about integrity and honesty and everything else. Wow, that's college basketball. <laughs> that is college basketball. What an absolute farce. Crazy, just crazy. Baseball stuff. Uh, you know, the Padres, they made some nice moves this week, right? Um, you know, the U Darvis thing could kind of blow up in their faces. I, I don't ever consider U Darvis like an automatic. The terrific year this last year, but you know, as we pointed out yesterday, you know what? Who cares? Uh, they're trying. They're, they're trying to win, and that's all you can ask for. Whether they make smart moves or not, you know, uh, they'll let the baseball people figure that out. But for now, uh, they're making the moves. There is another move that they can make if if, if Padre fans really want to challenge the Dodgers, right? <clears throat> if they really want to say, "All right, 
we got enough ammo to go after you guys, LA Dodgers. And the Dodger pitching staff, you know, get a little bit older there with, with Kershaw. Um, you know, they, they got some question marks. There's one guy that is going to be available or is available, actually, that I would add to their pitching staff. I, I think their lineup one through nine is pretty good. I wouldn't go there. Uh, but there is one more. And you, you got to go back to Chicago. John Lester is out there. Now, the Cubs refused to pick up his $25 million option. Uh, they gave him a $10 million buyout. So uh, he's now a free agent. He wants to re-sign with Chicago, <clears throat> but they're showing no inclination to, to bring him back. They could bring him back at a lower salary if, if they wanted to. Uh, but they, like I said, they, they've shown no inclination. And he's out there. Now, his year last year was not great. Three and three, 5.16 ERA. You know, maybe, you know, he's 36, 37 years old. He's on his last leg. No two ways about that. But I'll tell you what. I mentioned this before. There are certain guys that you look up their stats and you say, boy, that doesn't seem like a lot. And then it adds up to, you know, we'll use a pitcher since he's a pitcher. 230 wins. It's like, how's that 230 wins? You know what I mean? It doesn't really seem like. And then there are other guys. You look up their stats and then you say. That only adds up to that? How's that possible? That's how Lester is. John Lester, here's a, here are his win totals. Uh, first year, seven. Second year, four. Okay. Then 16, 15, 19, 15, 9, 15, 16, 10, 11, 19, 13, 18, 13. What do you think? About 225, 230 Hall of Fame pitcher, right? I mean, no 20 games wins in there. Uh, but he had 19 a couple of times, 18 in there. You know, it's been double digits basically every year he's been in the league except a handful. It's only 193. It is amazing, right? 16, 15, 19, 15, 15, 16, 10, 11, 19, 13, 18, 13. Um, you know, there's one year in there that it's it's a combined record. So I made a duplicate of it, the, the, the 16 and the 10. Um but, but you think that would be more than 193. But that said, this guy is a phenomenal postseason pitcher. But if he gets in the Hall of Fame and he ends up with 200 wins, you know, maybe he can squeeze out seven more before he's, he's all said and done. Uh, he's going to get in the Hall of Fame because of his postseason mark. Now, only nine and, second, uh, nine and seven record-wise, but ERA is 2.51. Uh, I, I tell you what, when you start listing pitchers that I want to have on the mound come playoff time, Lester's near the top of the bunch. You know, you can have your Clayton Kershaw's and you can have your Sandy Koufax's and all the other. But I tell you what, you know what, I, I will take my chances with John Lester. He, you know, it was so rare that he would get bombed in a playoff game. You know, he was there for the Red Sox, big spot after big spot after big spot, and, and nine times out of ten came through. Um, he, he really did. So the Padres, back to the original thought. You want to get one more guy to close the deal? Go sign John Lester. You sign John Lester, and then I'll really buy in on San Diego being better than the Dodgers. I will close up shop with a couple of winners next right here. Big Sebastian. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. Vegas and Bad Beats on this Wednesday morning as we close up shop with a couple of stories here, as we always like to do, that we didn't have time to uh, delve into too, too much. And we're going to give you a couple of winners. And uh, if we have a free moment here, we'll uh, try and uh, also uh, update the poll question one more time. First up, the uh, free winners. You got a couple of more college football bowl games. You had two overs yesterday and both favorites. So uh, I'm guessing uh, the boys at FanDuel and company, since people tend to bet overs and favorites, uh, took a little bit of a hit uh, yesterday. Uh, you got Wisconsin and uh, Wake Forest, a little ACC Big Ten matchup in Charlotte. You know what? I like the over 51. Uh, I'm going to go back on the overs. I think as the bowl games progress, not that Wake Forest is really any good. Uh, they're not. But as the bowl games progress, generally the teams get better. And uh, that means to me more scoring. They, they tend to take it a little bit more seriously than some of these others. So uh, let's go over 51, 51 and a half, maybe Wake Forest and, and Wisconsin. Texas Bowl, some stories here between three and seven, Arkansas and six and four TCU canceled. Uh, it was supposed to be played New Year's Eve in Houston, the coronavirus situation with TCU. So and three and seven Arkansas, as we all know, had no business being in a bowl. Illinois quarterback Brandon Peters will return for a third season with the Illini. Buffalo running back Jared Patterson in college. Buffalo announced uh, he'll turn pro. Uh, Lindsey Vaughn and P.K. Subban have decided to separate. Oh, shocking but sad. Yes. Uh, believe it or not, uh, you know, America's little couple there have decided to uh, forego their planned marriage after three years. They, of course, had to announce it on social media. Can I announce on social media my wife's a pain in the ass? If they, they can announce that they're not getting married, can I announce that my wife's a pain? I think I've done that. Uh, the uh, Indianapolis Colts, the winner of the poll question so far, the team that won't make it in the AFC. Great job by all. We'll do it again tomorrow right here. Bagels and Bad Beats. Enjoy your Wednesday, folks. Be safe. Live odds, lines, matchups, injury reports, and news you can use. Build digital-first customer relationships with Salesforce Digital 360. Connect every marketing, commerce, and digital experience on a single platform. Innovate fast with easy-to-launch sites, campaigns, and apps. That's more relationships, more revenue, more return, and more success. Salesforce Digital 360. Hear from our customers at sfdc.co slash digital 360.